If you've ever got a student to do something by calling it a game, you might be a teacher. Being a teacher sometimes means finding ways around limitations, problems, or struggles to keep things on track. We learn to improvise and adapt. But when it comes to teaching language arts in our school, we don't have to find workarounds. Loyola Press took the long view when they created Voyages in English, the brilliant K-8 language arts program. The fundamentals of grammar and writing that students learn enable them to become effective writers, which can help improve performance on standardized tests and grow into successful communicators. The flexible framework of Voyages in English is adaptable to any teaching style and any student's abilities. With practice, the mechanics build in complexity over time. It just all works together. Visit voyagesinenglish.com to learn more, then order a sample. With Voyages in English, there are no crazy workarounds, just solid help for today's language arts teachers. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Jill. I'm here with Colleen, and we are grateful to be together again to laugh, explore, and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Hi, Colleen. How are you? Hi, Jill. I'm doing great. How are you? Good. I'm thinking a lot lately about how I am a control freak and I like to be control of everything. And I like to, I like to really, really be in charge. I think you might be this way as well. Um, do you struggle when you're not in charge? No. Yes. Oh, but, okay, but <laughs> I also struggle with honesty. But, right. Okay. Yeah. No, it, it depends. Like I don't like to be in charge of people. I like to be in charge of projects. I like to take okay. lead on projects. I like to, you know, this, here's the timeline. Here's how we're going to do it. Here's the, you know, like I like to take the lead on things. I don't need to be the boss of everybody though. In fact, I prefer not to. But in classroom life, we all have this as teachers where we like to be in charge of the situation, Yes, right? You have to feel, you know, and so for a long time, we talked to teachers in my own trainings and, you know, teacher to teacher about giving up control for the sake of um, kids having that shared control kind of model going on. Um, that if you give them choices all within a good range, that they're going to make good decisions and, and all that. And it's hard because as teachers, we like to hear, I don't want to say we like to hear the sound of our own voice, but we don't mind the sound <laughs> of our own voice. And sometimes that gets in the way of kids talking and thinking and doing all this. Yeah. And I was thinking about this recently because I was on vacation with my family and another family. And then we had a bunch of extra kids with us because we let them bring friends. So we were super outnumbered and it felt like a school field trip because the ratio was 12 kids to two adults. And so we really took over the hotel pool and like all these situations were going Mm -hmm. on. Super, super fun. And because I really had no control of the situation because the ratio is 12 to two and it's usually two to to one, I have two children, um, that I had to let go of being in control of some circumstances of just going, you know, things going on in the vacation, things were going well, there was no problems, but there was this moment in the pool where I was just sitting back. I was just sitting, everyone can, you know, like everyone can do their thing. So I'm just sitting back and I'm watching, um, some of the high school boys teach one of the high school boys how to swim. Mm. And it was the most beautiful moment of, of adults getting out of the way and letting kids do their thing. 
Like it was so, it was so amazing to watch these. Like sometimes we don't give kids credit, right? So when we get out of the way and we give kids credit for doing the good things, I'm watching uh, very humbly, very like respectfully of each other. No one's laughing at each other. Like they're just true friends teaching each other how to swim in the hotel pool and cheering for each other. And I was completely just a fly on the wall. They didn't even care or notice that I was in in the pool space with them. And it was awesome. It reminded me that we have to get out of the way. This is a conversation I have with teachers all the time, Jill. And I know you and I kind of overlap and we, um, we talk with a lot of the same teachers and we're, you know, we're in a lot of the same schools, but not, not totally. So, you know, I have to say in, in the broader scheme of things, this is a common conversation with teachers trying to um, convince them. And it and it's not, oh, okay, let me back up a little bit. This has been a fear of teachers for a really long time. This isn't just a, you know, since the pandemic occurred and um, everything went digital and everything went online. I'm talking like, this is like early 2000s. I remember teachers saying to me, I don't think teachers can be replaced by computers. Like it was when the one-to-one thing was like just Mm, coming on the scene and was just becoming, you know, and it was there, there was a fear among teachers that the computer was going to replace them. And they're like, no, like the value of me being the teacher, being the one that's leading the lesson, being the one that's delivering the knowledge, you know, from, and, and it was very much at that time, the the teaching style at that time was very much the sage on stage. It was, you know, the teacher delivering what, what we've learned over, let's say the last, tw- you know, 20 years is that is not the, the learning method that works best for children. We know that um, someone can can really show you what they know when they are able to demonstrate it, when they're able to teach it to someone else, when they're able to speak about it um, rather than sit and listen to it and then write it down on a piece of paper and give it back to you. So um, that's all that's all out the window. But I think one of, the, I have to say that the most recent conversation is teachers who are afraid to do centers or station rotations because they're afraid that when they're the only adult in the room and there are kids that are broken up into three or four different stations, that they are not there to lead every single station. And I, you you also train on station rotations. So I'm curious if you run into that. Well, yes, but you know, where I think I battled it in my own teaching career was when I started doing research. So once I was getting my master's and you have to Uh actually conduct Uh qualitative research and you have to sit and observe kids. So action research, teacher research, I'm going to try new things in my actual classroom and I'm going to actually listen to how kids are responding to something that I'm doing with them. So I had to actually interview kids and ask them things that wasn't leading. It was I had to actually sit and listen to kids. And by sitting and listening to kids or listening in on small group work or listening in on stuff is much different than me jumping in and taking over. I could have very, very easily been like, no, this is how you teach someone to swim. Like, I don't know, but like you just kind of take, you try to take over these circumstances. But if you sit and listen and you sit and watch kids, (sighs) they have the skills to do a lot more than we think they can do. Like I had no idea that these boys were going to do this and they really listen and kids listen to each other way more than me. He would have been like, why is Mrs. Annabelle teaching me how to swim right now? Like he did not want me to do that. 
but the but the kid he he wanted his friends to teach him something that was really important to him so so this happens in the classroom all the time they want to listen to each other they want to learn from each other um we need to let them do that we need to give them the environments right so we have to put them in the right environment with the right tools and the right energy and enthusiasm and then they're going to do amazing things if we get out of their way which is exactly what happens in stations you have to give up the control give them good instructions get out of the way and let learning happen i've seen this with robotics so my husband's been a robotics coach my brother-in-law has been a robotics coach you know i have a son that's been in robotics like i've seen this all the time and your 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 best robotics coaches are the ones who who know to get out of the way of course they know how to do programming better than kids do of course they know how to design the robot better than the kids do that's not the job of the coach you get out of the way and you you walk beside the kid you accompany the kid as as the student is learning how to do the programming is learning how to do design as that child is making the mistake and you're seeing it happen and knowing that when it doesn't work you're going to be there to troubleshoot it with them get out of the way and let them figure it out because it's it's going to be their creation Imagine if teacher, okay, so imagine if like a writing teacher did that, like, well, let, let me show you how good I can write. Right. Or like if a sports coach was like, well, let, let me show you how, how well I can throw that pass. Like imagine if that's how people coached or taught, like you can't do it that way. It doesn't transfer that way. Look at me, look at me. So yeah, a robotics coach could very well go in at night and like fix the robot, right. but that's not the point. That is not the yeah. point. That is not the point at all. That's so funny. I had college professors who they, of course, they would assign their books as the textbook, right? Oh, <laughs> professors do it horribly. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if I jumped in the pool and I was like, look how well I look can at swim. Me swim. Like, what would that do? Like, why would that matter? I can't swim very well, so it doesn't matter. But what if I could? That's not that's not a good strategy. But we do it all the time we when do. we're teaching in little ways. Little ways we do it. And, you know, I was, uh, yeah. Yeah, in all honesty, I was a total control freak in the classroom too. So I'm not saying that I'm totally innocent of this. <laughs> I just want to be clear. Before, but yeah. yeah, I mean, we've we've learned so much. And yeah, and and being there to um, to coach, you know, to coach and and help kids develop their, their skills. It's hard to do to stand, to stand by. So it is. So let's get, let's let kids, um, do their thing. We're going to get out of their way way. and we're going to get back to class. (laughs) Yep. So thanks for the energy boost as we love exploring your ideas and affirming your efforts. Keep the suggestions and the ideas and the examples coming in. Tune into our next episode. We'll talk more about great ideas to our fellow teachers. We will see you next time.